morning, everyone. This morning's reflections are on the omnipresence of God. Let us pray. Exuberant spirit of God, flame, wind, speech, burn, breathe, speak in us and through us. Fill us with your joy. Heavenly Father, as we look into your words, would you awaken our hearts, expand our minds, and shape our identities today. In Jesus' name, amen. Psalm 139, verses 7 to 18. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there, your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the lights become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. Psalm 139 is one of my favourite psalms, and few psalms contain such intense personal feelings as this one. It is a personal conversation with God. In the opening verses, the psalmist David ponders God's omnipotence, that is, his being always present, and omniscience, all-knowing. So that's omniscience, all-knowing, and omnipresence, always present. Verse 7 says, where shall I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? David realises that not only can he not be hidden from God's sight, but also that he cannot be withdrawn from the constant, actual presence of God. As spirit-filled Christians, the Holy Spirit is connected to and is over our spirit. Our presence is always in God's presence. Why should the psalmist want to flee from God? It may be that he's showing us in the abstract that it is not possible for any man to flee. <clears throat> More likely, it is the consciousness of his own sin that leads David to ask if ever he can escape God's presence. His conscience is telling him that his life, his thoughts, words and actions are all open and clear to God, even before he has thought, spoken or acted. This is shown earlier in the psalm in verses 1 to 6. 
he feels totally exposed. There is no hiding from God, no escaping him. David has tried to escape the searching judgment of God, but has found it impossible. The desire to flee from God is due to a realisation of our own unworthiness and sinfulness. It is sin that leads us into the foolishness of trying to escape from God, for it is in him alone that we find refuge from the punishment that our sins deserve. God has given his son Jesus Christ to die for us, to take all the burden of our sin and sins and set us free so that we are presented to God as pure and blameless. It is this truth that sets us free and reassures us that it is wonderful to be in the presence of God, whether we are aware of it or not. Neither time nor distance can separate David and us from God. In verse 8, if I go up to the heavens, you are there. God is in the heavenly place upon his throne. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. Descending into hell to the lowest imaginable depths, we should find the Lord there. The presence of God produces very different effects in the two extremes of the bliss of heaven and the terror of hell. God is omnipresent. Then in verses 9 and 10, if I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there, your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. David feels like a naughty child, hiding from his parents' expected anger, only to find that the parent is not chastening him, but gently holding his hand and guiding him the way he should go. I can relate to verses 9 and 10 and found these verses have given me such comfort when I flew to live in Singapore and later in Shanghai. I would read them on the plane knowing that my comfort and security was in Christ who was with me. That he is the same today, yesterday and forever as in Hebrews 13.8 that he was going ahead of me, holding my hand and guiding me as I was going to settle on the far side of the sea. David knows that there is no place he can go where the Spirit of God will not also be present. God maintains the life of all things by his Spirit, who is active and vigorous, a power that works everywhere. Yet the Spirit is far more than a power. He is a person. It is he who sustains life. Although David may not have understood the doctrine of the Holy Spirit in the fullness that was revealed in the New Testament, nevertheless, he did know that this Spirit of God was the one who kept alive all men and all that lives. Of this Spirit, he might well have said he was the author and giver of life. To speak of the Spirit of God, then, is to speak of the one who is God. From the Spirit there is no escape. Early 
here in verse 6, David says, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. He could not grasp it. The theme overwhelmed him. David is totally overwhelmed by his awareness of the presence of God and God's total knowledge of his inmost being. How do we feel about the omniscience and the omnipresence of God? We may wonder, like David, about why God is so concerned about every detail of his life. The answer is because God is our creator and our sustainer. Our response to this depends on our perception of God. If we truly know him as unconditionally loving us, understanding our weaknesses and forgiving us, by giving his son Jesus to set us free from our sins, then we are comforted by this truth of the omnipresence of God, that he is always with us. It encourages us to be bold and courageous, as God commanded in Joshua 1.9. Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. It helps us realise that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us and be an overcomer in his power. It encourages us to seek a closer, intimate relationship with God as we know we are accepted and deeply loved by him. God has been intimately concerned with David since before his birth and everything in his life is important to him. In verses 13 to 15, he is saying, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. David is speaking about the embryo in his mother's womb. Before the actual birth, he was in God's control, and God even then knew him intimately. God saw his substance even while it was being made in secret. To man, the embryo is secret, for it is covered over by the womb of the mother. To God, however, there is no sense secret or hidden, and he sees and knows the embryo in every aspect. This is beautifully describing the formation of our being before the time of our birth. It is one thing to speak of creation in general. It is another to realize that God is our personal creator. We are here for God has created us. And from the first instant of our creation, even before our birth, we were wholly in his care. God longs for intimacy with us as we long for heaven and intimacy with him. How do we get there? How do we attain intimacy with God? More importantly, how do we cultivate a life that is characterised by it? This is the discipline of intimacy. Although we may love mountaintop experiences with God, they are not every day, and yet intimacy with God can be a daily experience. Jesus had the discipline to get up early every morning and pray as in Mark 1.35. 
it was this experience of daily communion which sustained Jesus and can do for us. Although not all of us have the opportunity early in the morning, we can find daily communion with God later in the day. This can include the discipline of repentance, with a change of heart and action, and also of thanksgiving. We've been focusing on having a heart of gratitude and thanking God for our blessings, which we have learned is the key, a key to contentment. This intimacy develops in learning to be still with God and receiving his love for us, finding ourselves complete in him. This awareness of God's care for him both amazes and humbles David, which he expresses in verses 17 and 18. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God, how fast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I'm awake, I am still with you. David is not alarmed that God knows all about him and is comforted and even feels himself to be enriched. The thoughts of God are so many that David cannot possibly count them. The night has not separated David from God. To say that when he was awake he is still with God implies that God has been with him right along throughout the night. The fact, the purpose of this verse is to show that even the night does not separate us from God. During the night, as well as in the morning, he is still with God. When I am awake, I am still with you. With those comforting thoughts, let us pray together. Loving Heavenly Father, we thank you for being with us by your Spirit, both now and forever. Open the eyes of our hearts to sense your presence and continue to draw us closer to you. Help us to enjoy intimacy with you, with your everlasting arms around us and your right hand holding us and guiding us. Search us, O oh God, and know our hearts. Test us and know our anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in us and lead us in the way everlasting. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>